Why doesn't he help me? If you're here for the LifeSpring One-Year Bible, you found the right place. This is the LifeSpring One-Year Bible, and I'm coming to you from Riverside, California. Podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is a daily podcast, and we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. Thank you for inviting me into your day. It's Gospel Saturday, and our reading will be Luke 7 and 8. I'm calling this episode, Doubting God. Now, before we begin, let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we again thank you for your word, and we thank you for calling us to this place where we can read through it in a year. I pray that as we read today, you would touch our minds, touch our hearts, teach us, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's get started. Luke chapter 7 When Jesus had finished everything he wanted to say to the people, he went to Capernaum. There a Roman army officer's valuable slave was sick and near death. The officer had heard about Jesus and sent some Jewish leaders to him. They were to ask Jesus to come and save the servant's life. They came to Jesus and begged, He deserves your help. He loves our people and built our synagogue at his own expense. Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the officers sent friends to tell Jesus, Sir, don't bother. I don't deserve to have you come into my house. That's why I didn't come to you. But just give a command and let my servant be cured. As you know, I'm in a chain of command and have soldiers at my command. I tell one of them, go, and he goes, and another, come, and he comes. I tell my servant, do this, and he does it. Jesus was amazed at the officer when he heard these words. He turned to the crowd following him and said, I can guarantee that I haven't found faith as great as this in Israel. When the man who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant healthy again. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a city called Nain. His disciples and a large crowd went with him. As he came near the entrance to the city, he met a funeral procession. The dead man was a widow's only child. A large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he felt sorry for her. He said to her, Don't cry. He went up to the open coffin, took hold of it, and the men who were carrying it stopped. He said, Young man, I'm telling you to come back to life. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Everyone was struck with fear and praised God. They said, A great prophet has appeared among us, and God has taken care of his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding region. John's disciples told him about all these things. Then John called two of his disciples and sent them to ask the Lord, are you the one who is coming, or should we look for someone else? The man came to Jesus and said, John the baptizer sent us to ask you, Are you the one who is coming, or should we look for someone else? At that time, Jesus was curing many people who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits. Also, he was giving back sight to many who were blind. Jesus answered John's disciples, Go back and tell John what you have seen and heard. Blind people see again. Lame people are walking, those with skin diseases are made clean, deaf people hear again, dead people are brought back to life, and poor people hear the good news. Whoever doesn't lose his faith in me is indeed blessed. When John's messengers had left, Jesus spoke to the crowds about John. 
What did you go into the desert to see? Tall grass swaying in the wind? Really, what did you go to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? Those who wear splendid clothes and live in luxury are in royal palaces. Really, what did you go to see? A prophet? Let me tell you that he is far more than a prophet. John is the one about whom Scripture says, I am sending my messenger ahead of you to prepare the way in front of you. I can guarantee that of all the people ever born, no one is greater than John. Yet the least important person in the kingdom of God is greater than John. All the people, including tax collectors, heard John. They admitted that God was right by letting John baptize them. But the Pharisees and the experts in Moses' teachings rejected God's plan for them. They refused to be baptized. How can I describe the people who are living now? What are they like? They are like the children who sit in the marketplace and shout to each other, We played music for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a funeral song, but you didn't cry. John the baptizer has come neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, There's a demon in him. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look at him, he's a glutton and a drunk, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is proved right by all its results. One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with him. Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and was eating at the table. A woman who lived a sinful life in that city found out that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she took a bottle of perfume and knelt at his feet. She was crying and washed his feet with her tears. Then she dried his feet with her hair, kissed them over and over again, and poured the perfume on them. The Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this and thought, If this man really were a prophet, he would know what sort of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Jesus spoke up. Simon, I have something to say to you. Simon replied, Teacher, you're free to speak. So Jesus said, Two men owed a moneylender some money. One owed him five hundred silver coins, and the other owed him fifty. When they couldn't pay it back, he was kind enough to cancel their debts. Now, who do you think will love him the most? Simon answered, I suppose the one who had the largest debt canceled. Jesus said to him, You're right. Then, turning to the woman, he said to Simon, You see this woman, don't you? I came into your house. You didn't wash my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but ever since I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put any olive oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. That's why I'm telling you that her many sins have been forgiven. Her great love proves that. But whoever receives little forgiveness loves very little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins have been forgiven. The other guests thought, Who is this man who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Luke chapter 8 After this, Jesus traveled around from one town and village to another. He announced the good news of God's kingdom. The twelve were with him. So were some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. One was Mary Magdalene. Seven demons had come out of her. Another was Joanna, the wife of Cusa. He was the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others were there also. These women were helping to support Jesus and the Twelve with their own money. A large crowd gathered together. People came to Jesus from town after town. 
As they did, he told a story. He said, A farmer went out to plant his seed. He scattered the seed on the ground. Some fell on a path. People walked on it, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some seed fell on rocky places. When it grew, the plants dried up because they had no water. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up with it and crowded out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It grew up and produced a crop one hundred times more than the farmer planted. When Jesus said this, he called out, Those who have ears should listen. His disciples asked him what the story meant. He said, You've been given the chance to understand the secrets of God's kingdom. But to outsiders I speak by using stories. In that way, they see, but they will not know what they are seeing. They hear, but they will not understand what they are hearing. Here is what the story means. The seed is God's message. People on the path are those who hear. But then the devil comes. He takes away the message from their hearts. He does it so they won't believe. Then they can't be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who hear the message and receive it with joy, but they have no roots. They believe for a while, but when they are put to the test, they fall away from the faith. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear the message, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, so they do not reach full growth. But the seed on good soil stands for those with an honest and good heart. They hear the message. They keep it in their hearts. They remain faithful and produce a good crop. People do not light a lamp and then hide it in a jar or put it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand. Then those who come in can see its light. What is hidden will be seen, and what is out of sight will be brought into the open and made known. So be careful how you listen. If you have something, you will be given more. If you have nothing, even what you think you have will be taken away from you. Jesus' mother and brothers came in to see him, but they could not get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside. They want to see you. He replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and do what it says. One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and left. As they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. A storm came down on the lake. It was so bad that the boat was about to sink. They were in great danger. The disciples went in and woke Jesus up. They said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and ordered the wind and the huge waves to stop. The storm quieted down. It was completely calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. They were amazed and full of fear. They asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obey him. Jesus and his disciples sailed to the area of the Gerasenes across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped on shore, he was met by a man from the town. The man was controlled by demons. For a long time he had not worn clothes or lived in a house. He lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet. He shouted at the top of his voice, Jesus, Son of the Most High God, what do you want with me? I beg you, don't hurt me. This was because Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times the spirit had taken hold of him. His hands and feet were chained, and he was kept under guard. But he had broken his chains. And then the demon had forced him to go out into lonely places in the countryside. 
Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus again and again not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he allowed it. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs. Then the herd rushed down the steep bank. They ran into the lake and drowned. Those who were tending the pigs saw what had happened. They ran off and reported it in the town and countryside. The people went out to see what had happened. Then they came to Jesus. They found the man who was now free of the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet. He was dressed and thinking clearly. All this made the people afraid. Those who had seen it told the others how the man who had been controlled by demons was now healed. Then all the people who lived in the area of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them. They were filled with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man who was now free of the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away. He said to him, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away. He told people all over town how much Jesus had done for him. When Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him. They were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus came. He was a synagogue ruler. He fell at Jesus' feet. He begged Jesus to come to his house. His only daughter was dying. She was about twelve years old. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. A woman was there who had a sickness that made her bleed. Her sickness had lasted for twelve years. No one could heal her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his clothes. Right away, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. They all said they didn't do it. Then Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pushing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. The woman realized that people would notice her. Shaking with fear, she came and fell at his feet. In front of everyone, she told why she had touched him. She also told how she had been healed in an instant. Then he said to her, Dear woman, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus. Jairus was the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, the messenger said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe. She will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let everyone go in with him. He took only Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. During this time, all the people were crying and sobbing loudly over the child. Stop crying, Jesus said. She's not dead. She is sleeping. They laughed at him. They knew she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and right away she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were amazed, but Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Beloved, let's quickly look at chapter 7, verses 18 through 23, shall we? Let me read those verses for you again. John's disciples told him about all these things. Then John called two of his disciples and sent them to ask the Lord, Are you the one who's coming, or should we look for someone else? The men came to Jesus and said, John the baptizer sent us to ask you, Are you the one who's coming, or should we look for someone else? At that time, Jesus was curing many people who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits. Also, he was giving back sight to many who were blind. Jesus answered John's disciples, 
Go back and tell John what you have seen and heard. Blind people see again. Lame people are walking. Those with skin diseases are made clean. Deaf people hear again. Dead people are brought back to life. And poor people hear the good news. Whoever doesn't lose his faith in me is indeed blessed. Now, beloved, let me ask you a question. Does the fact that John the Baptist sent two of his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who's coming or should we look for someone else, does that strike you as surprising? After all, it was John who baptized Jesus in the Jordan River and saw the Holy Spirit descend in the form of a dove. And he heard God the Father speak from heaven and declare that Jesus was his beloved son and that Jesus was well-pleasing to him. So why is John asking? Think of John's circumstances. Where was he? Why did he have to send his disciples to ask Jesus these questions? Why didn't he go himself? Why does it look like he was now doubting Jesus? <laughs> John was in prison. Beloved, what happens when we find ourselves in difficult circumstances? Oftentimes, if we're honest about it, we begin to doubt God, at least for a moment, right? Is God really there? And if he is, why doesn't he help me? I pray and ask him to make things better, but here I am, still in this circumstance. God, are you really there? Do you really love me? Or do you even care? I know I've asked those questions before myself, and you probably have too. John probably expected the Messiah to come in power to vanquish the Romans like virtually every other Jew did. He probably expected the Messiah to get him out of that prison. And I think John had to have known the miracles that Jesus had been doing, but the fact that Jesus had not acted in the political realm forced John to question if Jesus was the one they'd been expecting. Of course, Jesus knew what people expected in the Messiah. They were looking for a deliverer, a leader, a king. But we know from where we are on this side of the cross, the first coming of Jesus was to establish a new covenant. He came not to free Israel from the bondage of Rome, but to free mankind from the bondage of sin and provide the way for the salvation of souls. The people who lived during the first coming of Jesus did not know that his coming as a ruler would be at his second coming. So Jesus told John's disciples to tell John what they had seen and heard. It was a simple message. Jesus is the Messiah, but his power is shown through acts of mercy not acts of judgment. And those who hold on to their faith in this Messiah are blessed. And beloved, when we are in those times, those times that come to each of us as we go through life, when we wonder if God is there, rest assured that He is. Remember that He is the God who heals us. He is the God who holds us in His strong right hand, and nothing can pull us from His grasp. Well, what do you think? Let me know. Call the LifeSpring Family Hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven, or send a boostogram with your comment, or go to comment.lifespringmedia.com. I do read every comment, and your comment will probably end up on the show. Tomorrow will be Epistle Sunday, and our reading will be Galatians four through six, which will complete that book. Praise the Lord, we have some associate producers today. Anne Sarmiento came in today with a $100 donation. And thank you so very much. God bless you. And Anonymous came in with their weekly $20 donation. 
Thank you, Anonymous. God bless you. And we have a new $20 monthly donor, Travis Blevins. Thank you, Travis. God bless you. And if I'm not saying your last name right, let me know, please. And then there's Michael Hayner, who does the chapters for the show, and he came in with his weekly $7.77 striper donation. Thank you, Michael. God bless you for all you do. And LifeSpring family Berean, Brother Sean of San Pedro, boosts 1,234 sats nearly every day using the Fountain app. Thank you very much, Sean. And someone with the username ending 7028 boosted 1,400 sats today also using the Fountain app. Thank you. And to each of you who donated today, I'm so thankful for your support. Thank you for helping to make today's show possible. God bless each of you. Time, talent, or treasure, beloved, that's what makes this show possible. When the LifeSpring One-Year Bible brings value to you, all I ask is that you return some of that value back to me in the form of time, talent, or treasure. Pray about it, would you? Ask the Lord what He would have you do and then do it. To donate treasure, here's where you go. LifespringMedia.com slash support And if you feel just a bit adventurous, if you want to start having fun streaming sats and boosting to support the show, go on over to PodcastApps.com and get a modern podcast app. You can find one that works on pretty much whichever device you're on. Desktop, iOS, Android, F-Droid, KaiOS, and many others. Set aside your old legacy app and try something new. You can always go back to the old standby, but you just might find that you really like the new things that you can do with a modern app, including chapters, transcripts, and supporting your favorite podcast with streaming micropayments as you listen and sending boostograms where you send comments with your micropayments. It's fun, and I always read boostograms on the show. Tomorrow is Sunday, and so we'll have a time of prayer requests and praises. Call in your prayer request at 951-732-8511 or go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. Let us pray with you and let us rejoice with you. Prayer.lifespringmedia.com Scott Snyder provided today's show art. Thank you, Scott. And thanks to Sister Denise, Michael Hayner, Jason Paschal, and Brittany. These are the guys I rely on to do the things that I don't have time for. I appreciate each one of you. And thanks to today's donors. Ann Sarmiento, Anonymous, Travis Blevins, Michael Hayner, Brother Sean of San Pedro, and Fountain user number 7028. May God bless each one of you. And beloved, thank you for inviting me into your day. I'm thankful for you as well. May God bless you richly. So until tomorrow, my name is Steve Webb. Bye. The LifeSpring Media family of programs are made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Thank you. Pew.